Hi, everybody. Welcome to Yohopichville. I'm Ralph Benmergi. Yohopichville is brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. I hope you're having yourself a good time. I know that the two guests that I have today are people, I'd rather be where they are. That's all I can tell you instead of where I <laughs> I got nothing against where I live, but this is ridiculous. Uh, one of them happens to be sitting in a, in a redwood forest uh, on Vancouver Island. Uh, the other one happens to be sitting somewhere near his deli on Salt Spring Island. So <laughs> that's all I'll tell you. But I want to introduce both of them. By way of introduction, I'll tell you that one of these gentlemen I've known for, oh my God, over 40 years. Uh, we started in stand-up together. Uh, we were never together. He was on or I was on, but we weren't a duo. But he did start in a, in a comedy troupe, that much I remember, uh, out of Montreal. And everyone knows that Montreal is the uh, epicenter of delihood in this country. There's no doubt and about comedy, it. And comedy, and comedy. And comedy, no, not in comedy. That's Just for Laughs. I mean, the Just for Laughs festival kind of, uh, no? No, that, that's a thing. That's <laughs> a festival. That's not a way of life. Uh, so I will introduce this one, Howard Busgang, otherwise known as Buzzy, who has Buzzy's Deli on Salt Spring Island. Hi, hello, Howard. Ralph. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And it is, yes, hello, Ralph. Nice to see you again after 40 years. <laughs> you look better. You're looking well. You look better than you've ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't look so good back then. No, we just not thought so we good. looked so good. <laughs> and the other guest I'm going to have is uh, one I've had before on other uh, podcasts that I've done uh, and has turned into a dear friend. I think about him all the time. Uh, he owned Koplansky's Deli downtown in Toronto, still has one up at uh, Terminal 3 in Toronto, but has decided to be a wise person, marry a, a wonderful human <laughs> being, and move to Tofino, British Columbia. So we're talking about Salt Spring Island and Tofino as hotbeds, not just of smoked beet, but of Yiddishkeit at this point. How about that, eh? Right? <laughs> so gentlemen, say hello to each other because I know you're now in the same business, even though Howie certainly didn't start there. So, Howard, you know, the, as soon as I arrived on Vancouver Island, I heard of Buzzies and I didn't even associate it with you. And I've been a fan of your comedy for years and years. And I can't even wait to get to your restaurant and try your food. And I hear it's amazing. Well, I, 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 we, have, we have much to discuss, Zane, much to discuss. And I'm so jealous of, of what you've done, which is you went into the deli business and then smartly <laughs> left the deli business to have a life. I am incredibly jealous, but I totally understand it. But I'm sure the, the, your love of deli will always be with you, right? Well, Howard, Howard, I don't want to I don't want to correct you, but I, I actually have a okay. terminal case of deli that is Terminal Three in Toronto. Oh, I still have my deli. That's right. Oh, and uh, we, I'm I'm not out of the business entirely. Yeah, yeah. Now the other, but the other thing is is is. Uh, Kaplansky's mustards, right? And, yes. and rubs. So there's yep. another, another aspect of the business. But oh, yeah. I, I, I want to start with why you love deli. What is it about deli that you love? Well, you know, that look, for me, this, you know, this, uh, is, this wasn't a straight line, you know, to opening a deli, obviously. <laughs> but uh, 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 first of all, growing up in Montreal. So there's something, you know, a Jewish, a Jewish person in Montreal is going to have some natural deli DNA in them. You know, this is the food, the food of our people. And you combine that with going to stand-up comedy, which of course is associated with delis after the shows, Ralph, I think you'd remember in Toronto, we'd go to- um, Myers. Uh, Myers Deli after yeah. the show. 
Around and it's just point. something you did. I mean, nobody asked, why are we here? Should we go to Chinese? It's just some, I mean, Chinese was for Sundays. We know that. But, <laughs> but we just knew we had to go to Dell. So it's just been a part of our DNA and part of comedy. And, and it just seemed at that point, there's almost a straight line from there to at some point going, hey, wouldn't, it, wouldn't this be fun? without giving it how, a thought about how much fun it actually is. <laughs> or not it, fun, it actually Yeah, but it's very satisfying. It's an amazing, it's, it's an amazing journey. And uh, I wouldn't, I, I tell people, you know, the day-to-day -day is, is exhausting, but overall would never change a thing. For me, it was, it was, it was kind of similar. My papa, uh, Sam Hirshhorn, was in the Schmata business in downtown Toronto. And when I used to go and help my papa in the factory, and I would sharpen pencils and I would give candies to the customers. We would always go to Switzer's after work and we would have a corned beef sandwich and we would have a plate of fries. And I could never tell Nan about the fries because she would yell at Sam for eating the fries. But that was our thing. And so it became my connection with my papa. And then when I was a teenager, I discovered Schwartz's in Montreal. And that my, my love of deli really extended to the incredible smoked meat sandwich that I'm sure Howard grew up with. And I had worked in the restaurant business during my travels over in Asia and on Australia and in Europe. And um, when I asked a friend to bring me back a Schwartz's smoked meat sandwich in 2017 and Hart Lambert didn't, sorry, I should say 2007, not 2017, 2007, and Hart Lambert failed, I got hangry. And I said, why can't you find a decent smoked meat sandwich in this city? I'm going to do it myself. And I, and I bought a brisket and I taught myself to cure and I created a spice rub and I made it for my own pleasure in my backyard in Cabbage Town. And I, a friend tried it and then it sort of took on a life of its own. So how in LA, in LA, you did the same thing. Yeah, no, it's so interesting to hear you say that because I did the exact same thing. I was in LA and moved to LA in show business and, you know, I, as you know, in show business, there's a lot of downtime. So. <laughs> Actually, the way you do it. Yeah, when you're out of, when you're out of work, yeah. there's a lot of downtime. That's called so, development, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in that, it, in, that, in that time period, I was the same way. I'm going, you know, they have pastrami here. It's, it's pretty good, but I missed exactly what you said. I missed that Schwartz's taste. I missed, you know those memories uh, that I'll go with it. So I started doing the same thing. I just started learning. I'll say, ah, I'll make some smoked meat and learn how to do it. And just started preparing it for myself for fun and for friends. So that when we got to Salt Spring, we didn't come here with the idea we'd open a deli. We came here with the idea of let's get our lives back. Let's, let's have some control of our lives. And we saw a shop here that was open, that was available. And my wife said, hey, let's open a smoked meat deli. If it doesn't work, you'll have an office to write in. So that's the, the same kind of thing, yeah. So Zane, when you started doing the deli in Toronto, uh, you know, there was a generation before that where there was a Blackie Coleman's, which, which was a deli. You know, there were, there were some, and in Montreal, you've got, the entire spectrum of delihood. You've got Snowden's Deli, you've got Ben's, which is kind of weird and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got Dunn's, which is not about meat, but about cheesecake. Cheesecake, yeah. You know, and in and, and, and Toronto, we, we did have some delis. There was, there was some tradition. But what do you think 
was the key to you deciding I really got to open delis in Toronto? You know, it's a great question. And, and uh, for me, uh, I grew up, as I say, at, at Switzer's. Shopsies was across the street. Right. Uh, Yitz Pensioner was my mentor in the deli business. So when I created my own briskets at home, one of my very first phone calls was to Yitz to come down and have a bite and let me know what he thought. And getting the Hechscher from Yitz Pensioner for me was, you know, I went from playing deli to being a deli man. And I was so blessed to be able to be uh, in the documentary called Deli Man to be, and to have Yitz in that movie as well. And part of it too is, is personality. You know, the two of you are professional comedians. And I guess I, in my own way, I've always, I guess I love entertaining people and through food. And, you know, you want to have that shtick. You want to have that chutzpah. You want to, in a deli, I had a customer once call me over and he says, my soup is too hot. <laughs> hey, what do you say? I'll blow on it for you. Give it a second. It'll be fine. You know, what do you want me to do? And I, you, nice said, hey, well, I mean, like only in a deli, do you have somebody that says to you, you know, how do you like your kishka? This isn't kishka. You know, from a, from a purely metaphysical standpoint, yeah. it is kishka. It could be bad kishka. And yeah. the next week, somebody calls me over to tell me, this is my mother's kishka, and I've been looking for this for 20 years. I mean, how are you enjoying the, the kvetching there, Howard? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you, first of all, a couple things. I love hearing your stories because you're absolutely right. The, the show is a part of the whole deal, right? So... Uh, you know, I have my work to slice, or I'm at the slicer. I'm doing. It's like I'm back at Yuck Yucks doing. You know, <laughs> I remember when uh, you know, like one time there's a there's a there a lineup, whatever. There are people waiting, and I said to some guy, I said, I'm I'm really sorry to keep you waiting. He said to me, you know what? The waiting's the best part. <laughs> and that that's exactly that's it. Fun. That's I know. fun. I know. I know. So um, uh, you're absolutely right having the personality to do it and and you know let's be honest you know we're, we're able to insult get we're able to get away with things that most I, normal I, I, people can't yeah. get away with here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, telling people what to order no don't order that order this whatever you yeah. know what, what yeah whatever it is it's not it's not enough food it's too much food what, what whatever it is we get away with things and people to be honest they love it you know they love it and we're also to the theme of what Ralph's doing, I think we're bringing kind of this Jewish, these Jewish personalities, early, you know, to places that people don't expect it so much. You know, if you're in New York, everyone expects yeah. a, a New York waiter or New, you know, to yell at them. But it was probably the same in Toronto. It's certainly the same here. They just don't expect to be treated like this in a good, you know, in a wonderful way. We're, you know, we're the loudest people on the island, and it's kind of ironic <laughs> that next door to us is a Zen massage place who hates us. <laughs> I don't blame them. I do not blame them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder about um, when is the moment that you feel that you have achieved that smoked meat nirvana? Like, because both of you had to experiment and try and do. When do you know you actually have nailed it? You know, I, I would taste my smoked meat every single day. And I would say, you know, it's it's part of my bipolar disorder that on the days that the smoke meat's really good, I can do no wrong. On the days that it's not as good, I, the, I hate the world and the world hates me too. You know, it's it's it goes, it blows back and forth like that. And and because what we do is inherently inconsistent. 
Every cow is different. There's different places in the smoker, different hot zones. There's different, uh, you know, lengths of time that it's been, it's been steaming for, you know, life is different today than it was yesterday. And, you know, they, they say that, that, uh, there's a Zen saying after enlightenment, you do the laundry. There's life goes on after you've achieved the best ever. You know, my favorite thing to do, uh, Ralph is to take the end of a piece of rye bread and to drag it across all the beef schmaltz and the spi spices on the cutting board. That's my favorite smoked meat sandwich because you get all the flavor and all the fat and it's, and it doesn't eat into my food costs either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing eating the food? It's a exactly. You eat the yeah. mistakes is what happens. You get profits for the love of God. I love you so much for saying this. Like I'm just sitting here in awe because everything you're saying is so, is so true. A hundred percent on those days where it just, it hasn't steamed long enough or the smoker, it came out a little, where it's just a little off. You just, you can't be happy, right? It, it's, it's just, well, it's you know, just, Howard, this is the thing is you and I are part of a really wonderful and old tradition. And, and we are both aware that we stand on the shoulders of giants and the people that came before us and the Schwartzes and the Yitzes and the Benz and all of the names that like my great grandmother made corned beef sandwiches in downtown Toronto. And my cousin Bobby, who's now in his seventies, used to deliver them to the Schmata workers at their sewing machines. And that tradition that we're a part of, you know, people like you and I have this thing in common that it's, it's like being a comedian. You can't really understand what the life is like yeah. until you've done it. Being a deli man might have some yeah. similarities. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done both. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah, well, first of all, by the way, you said we stand on the shoulders of giants. Let's be honest, these are Jews, so they're small giants <laughs> <laughs> with bad backs. Other than that, yeah. get off you're, my hip, you're killing me. Get off me. <laughs> but you know, and the same thing happened. As soon as you said you 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 talked to some people, you you called them, and they were they were happy to help you, and there were people. You know, the same thing happened to me because I had no, like, again, I had no idea what I was doing coming from show business. So I went to Vancouver and I, I got the name of a deli there called, it was called Fats, P-H-A-T-T-S, uh, owned by a guy named Kaminsky. I don't know if you, you do, Kaminsky, William Kaminsky. And I said, listen, do you mind? I'm thinking of opening a, a place can, in Salzburg. Can I come over? He says, yeah, come, come. So I go to this, this uh, uh, mall in Toronto and there's a, a deli there. And I've never met the guy. But there's a, you know, a bald headed, short Jewish man at the counter there. And I walk up and without even looking at me, he goes, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he spent literally 20 minutes telling me, excuse me for saying what a schmuck I am to go into the deli. business. I'll never see my family again. I'll never see my kids again. It's over. And then he says to me, do you know how to cut a sandwich? Come here. And he shows me how, and he invited me to work the slicer and he taught me and in, in, and it was that without him, I, I, I completely would be lost, you know? Yeah. And I just came from a business, Ralph would know this, in entertainment where nobody would help you to do anything. <laughs> no one's helping you in show business. Yeah. But in this business, people went out of their way to see, you know, what can we do to make this work? I ran into Yitz, I ran into Yitz Pensioner in a Loblaws on Eglinton Avenue. And he sees that I've got some Manischewitz matzo meal in my basket. And we knew each other because I'd invited him a couple of times to the deli. And he says, new, what's up? And I said, I'm going to try and make matzo ball soup. People keep asking me for it. He said, here. And he reaches into his pocket and he has a yellow card. And it's embossed in black. And it says, from the pocket of Yitz Pensioner. 
this is a different generation. And he writes down his matzo ball recipe. Oh, and he says, a borscht belt chef gave me this recipe decades ago and he hands it to me. And that was the moment, wow. you know, uh, to answer your earlier question, Ralph, that's the moment that I feel like that was like my deli bar mitzvah right there. You know, I became a deli man when, when Yitz gave me that recipe and exactly what you said, Howard, you know, that brotherhood that we have and sisterhood too, of people who really want this tradition to survive for the matzo balls to be fluffy, for the smoke to, for the, for the meat to be fatty and for customers to fetch like there's no tomorrow. You yeah. know, this is really what we, what we do and how we've devoted these parts of our lives to each other. And for Yitz to, to see in me the qualities that he would want, I'm so flattered by that yeah. and so honored by that. And, and uh, he was a, a mensch is mensch. And I'm still very close with his widow, Bernice. And uh, she says to me that day that he handed you the, she said, I, I couldn't believe he did it. That, that, that recipe, she said, you have no idea what that cost him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was sitting, I was standing, I was sitting in a, uh, a deli in Montreal once and um, I heard the people beside me ordering. They weren't Jewish. It was obvious they weren't Jewish. And, and the woman says, I'd like a smoked meat lean, please. <laughs> and, and, and the waiter doesn't even look up from the patties writing on it. He goes, then go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now you're getting it. Now, Howie has some things on the menu that I think are worth mentioning. One of them is the hungry Jew. He's got a sandwich called the hungry. What is the hungry Jew? Yeah, so part of what I did, I go, you know, if we're going to do this, it's got to reflect our personality and being, you know, in comedy. And, and I had to have fun with the menu. You know, I didn't, I, you know, it's one thing I have a smoked meat sandwich. So let's play around with it because traditions are traditions, but I have to make it my own. And I have to deal with what I have to deal with because we can't get the rye bread here that you would get, you know, don't even get me started on, on the bread situation. Right. <laughs> so we created a, I created a sandwich where I took a lot of smoked meat and I created a little horseradish cream sauce and I put some coleslaw, which I know goes against every tradition, but, and then I threw a latke in there because we couldn't make French fries here. We don't have a, a grease trap. So we started making latkes. I threw a latke in and then I put a latke on top. And what do you call that sandwich? How would you name You have to call it a hungry Jew. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what was fun though, was we didn't know, you know, of course we were nervous. Are, what are people going to do? Are they going to feel comfortable ordering a hungry Jew? And it, it was really interesting because people would come in when we first started and there'd be some tentativeness, right? They'd go, give me a number two. It took maybe a week or two weeks. And then people were just coming out of the forest. These lumberjacks would get, yeah, and, and two hungry Jews. Without even saying, and that gives me so much thrill every day when people just walk in like they've been doing it their whole lives. That's what you do it for. That's the fun of it. And Zane, you're, when, when I used to come downtown to eat at your place on college, you know, the menu, the T-shirts, kicking it old shul, you know, so the humor, the the ability to have zets, you know, like energy in, in, in what you do with the, with, with the ambience. And, and now it seems you guys are in, Vancouver Island and Salt <laughs> Well, don't forget, don't forget, Ralph. First of all, Ralph Benmergi is a big tipper. And anybody who says otherwise is a liar. So I'm just going to set the record straight. <laughs> Second of all, I'm the guy who printed the pins and put it on my food truck, the phrase Jew it up. Love and it. the idea that, that 
anybody should be ashamed of their identity or not celebrate who they are. And, you know, Howard's doing exactly the same thing. And by being loud and proud about our culture and who we are, whether you're on Salt Spring or in Tofino or in East Yehupitzville, you know, you're a schmuck if you're ashamed of being a Jew, because we come from a tradition of people who know how to celebrate, who know how to commiserate. And so when you have the chance to celebrate, Jew it up. I mean, it's the only thing you have to do. And it really, you know, life gives you so many opportunities. When you get the chance, you really need to celebrate and, and celebrate the way that, that I grew up celebrating. So when you yeah. come out of this, when you come out of this pandemic part and people actually go into restaurants and sit down again, uh, I know your place is small, Howie, and, and uh, Zane, you've got the, the Terminal 3. Is, is there a chance to see more delis in, in a Canadian landscape? Because right now, almost nobody would do what Buzzy's done. They wouldn't go, I think I'll go in the middle of nowhere. Ralph, you know what's interesting is, is David Sachs wrote a book called Save the Deli. And originally that book was supposed to be called Death of the Deli. And David, as a mensch, because he was really a part of my, of my story uh, in helping me publicize what I did, really helped turn the tide so that, that uh, the Bernstein's boys in, in Winnipeg and uh, Noah Burnhamoff in New York, Wise Sons in San Francisco, Kenny and Zooks in Portland, uh, the the uh, the General Lee in uh, in uh, Atlanta. There is a new generation of people like Howard and I who are taking on the challenge of of opening new delis. And I think that that what Howard's doing on Salt Spring is so unusual and so unlikely that he is absolutely going to inspire other people to follow in his footsteps and to, to do things their own way, whether it's Delhi or whether it's their own cultural experience, but seeing that you can go from being a successful comedian to a successful Delhi man because Howard did it. That's something that, that uh, other people will definitely take a page from his playbook. You're not going to do Tofino? You're not going to do a Tofino Delhi? I have no plans. You know, every time, Ralph, somebody says to me, are you going to open a restaurant? First of all, my wife buds in and say, no. <laughs> and, then, and I say, why do you hate me? You know, I know how hard the life is. I, I wish sometimes that Howard might have called me before opening so that we could have the kind of talk that he had yeah. with, with the gentleman he referred to earlier. Yeah. David Sachs said to me before I opened, you are in for more kvetching than anybody should ever have to deal with. And the number of complaints that you get, the, the, the unreasonableness, but at the same time, people had their, their weddings at the slicing station in my restaurant. I wow. catered more bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, more simchas, more uh, even, even shivas. And to be part of people's life moments, to me, was the, is the best part of what I do. When you can eat in anybody's restaurant in the city and you decide to come to mine, for me, that's exactly the, the, the place that I want to be. And I, and I know that I had my nine-year run on College Street. I still have the airport open. I love the, the customers that I serve there. And as the pandemic eases, more people will travel and will be busier there again. But um, I do expect that people will um, follow this trend that's happened in the pandemic, support local people like Howard, support the smaller non-chain restaurants, support the moms and the pops who have their families traditions and cultural histories on the menu. And I, and I really have a very strong sense of optimism that, that not only will Howard uh, continue to do well, but others will as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I, you know, I don't know that we're going to see when we'll receive, see the return of the 300 seat restaurant, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. I, you know, especially in the deli business, I, I don't know how it makes sense, but certainly as I look at it and I see, cause we, I, my place is basically the size of a small Japanese apartment, you know, it's, it's really <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it can work at that, at that level. It can kind of, it can kind of work. So, uh, uh, but reinventing it and bringing your own personality into it. And uh, it's, I see the looks on people's faces. It's not just, it's the food, but it's also the emotional connection. And obviously we don't just serve Jews here because we're on Salt Spring, but Although, although one of my customers did make me a sign that says Jewish Community Center of Salt Spring. <laughs> really cool. That's nice. I, I love that. I, I just love when customers are doing this, right? Yeah. But it's really nice to see just the emotional connections. We're also do, you know, we're Montreal, we're Jewish, but people walk in and they talk about, let's say with the Montreal Canadians, the run that they had, they, their memories of the forum. They're, they're just flooded with memories. And that's, and of course, going to a deli and they'll talk about going to Schwartz's and they'll talk about going to Ben's, you know, and, and one, and one guy yelled at me, is as good as Lester's, you know, that, and I just, I just love that, you know, and the Montrealers come in with their arms folded like this, like this, right? Where do you get your bread? Where do you get your mustard? What's your meat, you know? And, and this is for a $10 sandwich, you know, it's like, it's, so it's fantastic. It's, it's, the future is very bright. That's fantastic. I mean, I mean, if, if, if Howie had turned to me 45 years ago and said, and then eventually I'll open a deli. <laughs> I would have just go line, on. The punchline of the joke. Go on. <laughs> That's right. You're not closing tonight. Go on. You're third. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, you never know where it's going to take you. Like, you know, Zane, like when I looked at you on college in, in, the, in the deli, I didn't think, oh, and he'll end up on Tofino. I but. never in a million years imagined that I would be here, you know, and, and uh, uh, life life operates on its own terms. You know, none of us are in the driver's seat here. And, and uh, uh, when, you know, life gives you briskets, you make sandwiches. And it's just, you know, this is, this is what you do. Uh, and then, you know, for me, the right woman changes everything. And, uh, and I learned that working six and a half days a week, which is actually seven days a week in the restaurant, uh, is not a sustainable lifestyle. And I hope that Howard uh, takes great care of himself physically, mentally, and that, that you put your own uh, health first. Because yeah. unless you're, you're in a good place, you can't serve other people. And you know, my, my wife and my life now, uh, I've never been happier than I am at this moment. And uh, never imagined I would close College Street, never imagined I would move to British Columbia, but uh, I couldn't be happier to be here. Well, we have to entice you off your part of paradise and come to our part of paradise. I guarantee you I will be there. I, I, I've wanted to get there with the pandemic. It's been very hard. Yeah, no, but now that I'm double vaccinated, I this summer, I guarantee you I will go and we will have a sandwich together. I hope and, you have time to sit down with me. A hundred percent. And I don't know, I, you know, maybe we shouldn't talk business, but I would love to carry your Kaplansky mustard here. That would be a, yeah. an honor for me to, to, no, no, to be in your restaurant. I would love to. So, uh, I'm telling, I'm telling my, my boys are together. <laughs> you made a shit up here, Ralph. You, made, you get your, you get your, your big now. <laughs> Who could ask for something like this? Who knew? Let's talk pickles. What's a pickle? I love it. 
there was a, there was a there was that Bathurst in Eglinton. There was I can't remember what it was called. Powers Supermarket something. They had barrels at the end of the aisle, and you had to fish in with your hand and get the pickle the size of your foot, right? And then they mm. wrap it in a piece of paper, and that was your pickle. And you walk walk home eating yeah. a pickle the size of your head. It was it was yeah. the best. So what do you, one more question that's logistic? What do you do about good good bread, good rye bread? when you can't just have it? Would you, you have to make it yourself? Oh my God. Well, I got to tell you, first of all, coming here and figuring, everyone talks about Salt Spring. People would say the bread here, fantastic. Everyone makes bread. Then I would go around trying to find rye. It doesn't exist. They don't know. They all, everybody knows sourdough, right? Yeah, the sour yeah. and where it came from. And this sourdough is 300 years old and it came <laughs> in my grandmother's, you know, whatever to, you know, so, <laughs> Uh, and then I got here and, and I remember my sister, I said to my sister, I got to find some bread. She sent me some bread from Snowden Deli and she sent it by Canada Post Express. So it means it got here in two weeks. And <laughs> I'm walking around Salt Spring with this dry, moldy bread asking, can you make this? You know? and, and I found one guy, a new place that was opening, I won't mention their name. And I said, can you make a rye, a little sour rye caraway? And he said, absolutely. So he said, he brings me a loaf of this bread. It was the most beautiful bread I've ever tasted, perfect. But it was literally the size of a small, sh like a shoe, a small shoe. <laughs> and I said, I need, how do I, I don't even know how to cut this. He said, this is very salt spring. And he said, he said, the bread will tell you where to cut it. <laughs> I, I need a little more clarity than that. Luckily, he's not a moral. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So to answer the long, the sh that, that's the long version. The short version is that I had to make some accommodations for the bread because I couldn't find the bread. So I use a, but I say the, the meat is the star of our sandwich. So we yeah. use a marble rye that's okay that I get a commercial marble rye. And on Fridays, we crack the code, we make our own rye bread just on Fridays that we sell. You know, we don't make a lot of loaves, but we sell it to customers. And what we have left, we'll make sandwiches out of. But it's not, you know, we're not a big enough market to do this all the time, but we've, we've cracked that code. And it's, it's not an easy code to crack for rye. No, no, it sounds like, it sounds like you need a, a one more Jew on Salt Spring. One more Jew. God, if there was only one more Jew. One more Jew. It <laughs> has to be a baker. And then, and you're okay. I'm sure we could scare up a minion. I really, I, I'm sure there's got to be at least uh, 10 of us on Salt Spring. And I'm going to come on a Friday because I want to try your rye bread too. Oh yeah, the rye's good. So how many Jews do you think there are on Salt Spring? Well, as you know, there's Jews everywhere. There's Jews everywhere. And uh, the place is lousy with them. Lousy with Jews, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and as you can see, talking to saying they just come out of the woods. So, uh, uh, there's, there's always enough. And that's the question I'm asked all the time, even by the Jews who live here, they'll go, how are there other Jews here? I go, don't you people talk? <laughs> so we have, we have, we have Jews here, but it's really, and it's seeing their reaction is always great, but they'll all, you know, the Jews will complain as we know, you know, the rugula is never like their grandmother's rugula, you know, but, but it's better, you know, ours and is better. And Tofino, how many Jews are in Tofino? I, I actually discovered a new one the other day, and and uh, I think there I think there might be six of us. Although uh, last year, just at the beginning of the the pandemic, uh, Will and I had planned on hosting a public seder, 
and we had actually sold out the uh, 35 or so tickets that we had available. So uh, all of the, I think there's four other Jewish families that are in town and, uh, and maybe a couple of other self-hating Jews here or there who will come if there's nothing else to do and you give them a discount and, and uh, they'll never talk to you again. <laughs> exactly. Well, make you feel I, guilty I about it forever. Once to a, 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 a bed and breakfast with, with my family. And it was a Jewish family who actually did a pizzeria as well. So across the street, they made pizzas and they had their place. And he, he figured out I was Jewish. It didn't take that long. And uh, he said, uh, would you like to do a Shabbat dinner with us? And I was like, sure. And then wow. they, they, they made us a beautiful Shabbat dinner on the Friday night. It was great. So, you know, you're right, Howie. They're, they're, they just, they're there. You just don't know where they and are. And a matter of fact, it's every Friday at about 4.30, uh, we have a thing where people come here. The Jews come here on a Friday night and we bring out, you know, whatever, some... Uh, some, you know, some cider, some, we had arugula and we have a little sort of Shabbos little get together here for every Friday night outside. You know, That's lovely. So it's, it's, it's really nice. And by the way, just as I'm talking to you, I'm hearing outside here, I hear, I hear uh, something, one of my guys yelling, I'm making you a Rabinowitz and I'm making you a fatty one. <laughs> that, sadly that's my porn these days that's <laughs> well listen gentlemen i can't thank you enough for doing this with me no we can't thank you ralph yeah, it's, it's so nice you, to Ralph. finally be introduced to somebody that i've been a fan of for so long and i can't thank wait to meet you in person howard i can't wait i can't wait and uh we have much to talk about you do zoom, zoom each other my friends i'll give you <laughs> each other's emails howard come Bus visit ralph i will hey, ask ralph no, I really want to come. Howard Busgang runs Buzzy's Deli on Salt Spring Island. Zane Kaplansky's has Kaplansky's in Terminal 3. And if you go online, kaplansky.com, is it right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll give Buzzy's in a second. Uh, kaplansky's.com, you'll get his mustards, you'll get his T-shirts, you'll get his merch. Howie, what's your we website? Buzzy's.ca. Buzzies with no apostrophe, buzzies.ca. Oh, yeah. And he's got stuff for you there too. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank Shabbat you. Shalom. Shabbat I'm Ralph Ben-Murgi. This has been Yehopitzville, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift owners. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Ben-Murgi. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country, visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. And if you want to hear more Canadian Jewish news stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News website, the cjn.ca. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Anya Hoppitzville. <laughs>